How do you measure yourself with other golfers? By height. It's a very, very special honor. I'm Paula Creamer, and you're listening. Well, we're waiting. Hi, this is Martin Cove, a.k.a. John Kreese from Cobra Kai, and you're listening to Golf Talk Live. Let the word go out from here across the land. Let Daddy Noonan uh, approve. Hey, this is Shooter McGavin. You're listening to the 19th Hole Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Wednesday, November 9th, Golf Talk Live's 19th Hole Podcast. I am Alan DePew, your co-host, along with our illustrious panel. We're actually recording on Tuesday evening, election night, and we're going to start right there. Andy Hydorn, Bob Baldessari, Christian Nazamos joining me. And Bobby's wearing a mask with a B on it in the video screen. I don't know what that's all about, but guys, I gotta highlight, I gotta tell you my highlight of the day because I volunteer every year at the election polls. And I don't know if you guys have ever done that before. My highlight today was when I asked somebody if they wanted a ballot, and I'm not gonna say which political affiliation I'm with. And the person, the woman said to me, I'd rather fuck Satan. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. Her ball there, huh? Lovely comment. What time of the day was this at, if I may? Oh, yeah, I don't know, like like 1.30. I mean. Oh, so right around lunchtime. So you're golden. Clearly happy hour. It has been a long, I, I got up, I'm one of those weird guys. I got up this morning to look at the blood moon, take a picture of it. Okay. And then I rolled right over to the polls, started volunteering, trying to help out, right. Doing my, doing my part to do, you know, it's, what have you. And, um, you know, right out of the gate, some one person, first person, you know, called somebody else and called one of the candidates an F and a hole. And then, uh, one of the other one, this dude at one point during the day, he became completely unhinged and he turns around and he's like, I know this person, he's a bad man. <laughs> I'm just sitting there going, uh, okay. And meanwhile, but this is the positive about it, then I'll shut up. Meanwhile, the other people that are my counterparts for this other party, again, going not talking affiliations. We're standing there, we're going, why don't we just talk? And we're talking through the issues of the of space and the world. And it was funny, Andy, because we solved like three or four problems in like seconds. It was crazy. Well, it's it's pathetic how how absolutely polar it is out there right now. It's a, it's a sad state. It it really this, this is. This is what happens. This is what happened, not to get sappy and philosophical, but this is what happens when societies fall apart, you know? Well, this is what happens when the fringe elements on both sides have now become the, the, the most vocal voices. What do you say? Let's say you, Bob Baldessari, Boston Bob. Yeah, that happens in golf, too, with the rules of golf or formats of playing in the golf or who's the best goat of all time or I wasn't ready to go there yet. Yeah. I got a little Christian way in. Why are you throwing the segue? Why are you throwing the softball to me? <laughs> Christian, you got any thoughts? All I know, Alan, is that if you ever ran for a government office, I would vote for you. You'd have my vote. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. You would have my vote in a heartbeat. Same with Andy, same with Bob. Christian, you're the ultimate politician. Yourself. He really is. <laughs> Slick, isn't he? Not only not only is like he the prettiest podcaster out there, but he is slick. He's smooth operator. He's a diplomat. He you is. know, I I got in and out within five minutes today of voting, so nice. it was it was great. I walked right in, kept the car running because it's forty five degrees here in Syracuse today. So why would you? I mean, you got to let the car obviously stay warm, right? And uh, you know, I walked in, said hello, talked to somebody I knew, said yep. hey, how are you? But what did time did you walked out? What time did you go? Um, oh, one o'clock. Yeah, see, and, and and honestly, at the poll, I mean, first thing in the morning, the line was probably probably about uh, two hundred yards before opening. I mean, it they were they were lined up in depth. And I don't then, know about you guys, but 
in in Houston, in my district, there were 98 people or props to vote on. 98. Wow. What? That's a lot. You don't get out of there in five minutes. It was it was literally 98. Yeah. We had no propositions, no rules, none of that other stuff. It was straight ballot. Yay, nay, here we go. Boom, done. Yeah, there is no boom in my <laughs> Bob, I got to ask you, did you see a big influx down there? I mean, obviously, there's been a mass migration to Florida, which is great for the golf industry, by the way. Um, did you see a big uh, bump in people at the polls? Um, pretty, uh, pretty normal, I would say, but I have seen a big bump lately in, uh, traffic down here and <laughs> car, car transports, which I almost hit one tonight coming home, uh, at a roundabout or as we would say, any the rotary. The rotary. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But you know, my thing with this, uh, the voting is unless you vote, I never want to hear you never, ever complain. You have a right to vote millions Absolutely. of people put their lives on the line, died for us to vote. It's one of the simplest things you can do and has a direct, absolute direct impact on everything that we live and breathe every day. And I don't want to hear anybody, can, I mean, for years. And there's a lot of really interesting stories about one vote swayed history one way or the other. So when mm -hmm. people say, oh, I'm just a vote, no, you're not. And, and for the love of God, just like people died for you to vote. Go vote. Like, it just drives me crazy. Amen. Dude, you're giving me goosebumps. I, I, you, you are absolutely right. And to pay homage to someone from your home state, all politics are local. You want to have, you can debate all this BS about the big national, big issues, but the biggest, the biggest impact on your personal existence, you better get out and vote in the small elections and your, your, uh, your local politics. So that's all I've got to say. And now, Bob. Now, yes. what do you want to talk about the rules, Bob? Well, I met the speaker once when I, I was working in any Creek Country Club down in Miami. It's on an island. And he came in the golf shop and I was behind the counter. I looked up and I said, Mr. Speaker. <laughs> uh, you're he, referring to Tip O'Neill. Tip O'Neill. Yeah. Yes. And he puts out his hand and he had a cut and he goes, hey, do you have a Band-Aid that I can use or, you know, whatever? And I said, yeah, I'll patch you up. And then we're talking. And he goes, where are you from? I said, uh, Massachusetts, outside of Boston. We get to talking some more. Um, super nice guy. He he said he grandfather and he appreciated him vote. I think that was just tip being tip. Um, right. I don't really think he knew him, but um, that was pretty cool. So yeah, the so the rules of golf like uh, this. Thing, I was talking to our ladies' association this morning. They had their opening day, and uh, our lady Roseanne uh, that runs our ladies' group. We were talking about rules and. Uh, our 17th hole is under construction because we're, we're building a new green there. It's a long story, but it's uh, pretty exciting. Uh, so this uh, discussion going on and people, some people love to talk about the rules of golf, but they have no idea what they're talking about. And other people think they play by the rules of golf and they don't. And we've talked the story before. Andy knows Buddy Young. Uh, all right. Rest in peace, Buddy. Um, new England PGA, amazing rules of official tournament official. He stumped the USGA on any occasion. Um, Buddy had a, had a bet that he could, he'd bet you 50 bucks. And even if you were a top player or a PGA club pro, you would break a rule within a few holes and he never lost. So even the best players are struggling to play by the rules. Um, I know there was some rules updates lately and he's going to talk about that. Uh, I just find it interesting that, uh, I appreciate people that want to play by the rules. I appreciate people that want to learn to play the game in its purest form, uh, yet they struggle to adhere to the rules. It's really interesting. Drum roll, please, Mr. Idorn. And the rules of golf have changed how? Lean into, lean into the camera. So um, they, made, they made a few changes. Um, and some are insignificant. Some are... A little bit more relevant, but um, you know, I, I think in general, before we get into what the changes were, in general, when they made the changes in 2019, I think it threw a lot of people for a loop. Um, and to to your point, Bobby, about Buddy, you know, probably more than ever, even though Buddy's been gone for a while, more than ever, he would catch everybody. 
yeah. not playing by the rules in the first three holes, just because it's so difficult now that the rules have been changed and, and knowing what's what. And you think you know the rule because it was a rule for 30 years. It's no longer the rule. Um, so one of them is, you know, the, the relief for an unplayable lie. And it has to do with one of your options of going back on the line of play. Um, and, you know, you it's a small, small change, but you can now drop within a club length of the line extended away from from the target between the ball and the target. All right. So to re, if I if I remember my rules test, replay back on the from that point, keeping the point in the pin in line, yep. or two club lengths at that location. Yep. And the third option is back as far as you want, keeping the ball in the um, flagstick on on that same line. But now you can drop within one club length of that line. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, minor change, but but relevant, right? No, this is this is relevant. I mean, I'm yeah. me and an unplayable. That's that's relevant. <laughs> so I I had one this year in in my brother's member guest, where at Haverhill Country Club there's roots all over the place, exposed roots, and I was in the woods and punching one out from under a tree and caught a root and bent my six iron shaft quite a bit and. I was perplexed at what I could do. You know, could I replace it? Didn't matter because I didn't have anything to replace it with. But I was like, could I bend it back? And we were all talking about, you know, if I would be able to bend it back or not. And at the time, that would have been against the rules right. because you're altering the club. Right. And now you're allowed to both replace the club and you're allowed to to repair it as well. So you can bend it back. Um, uh, and they still have the provision that if you do it in anger, that, you know, you don't get any, any uh, benefits of that rule. But um, one well, of the other ones- is, I was gonna say, lay another one on us. So I, wanna that, see, I wanna see if a stick like Christian will break any rule here. So that Ricky Fowler rule, I don't know if you guys remember this, where he had, he had taken relief um, from penalty area, and then he dropped his ball, and then walked away, and then his ball moved, rolled back into the penny penalty area, and he had to take relief again with a one-stroke penalty. Do you guys remember that? I do remember. I, I remember that. Yep. Yeah. So they changed that rule. Isn't so, that the one? Isn't that the one that one of the it happened like again, or one of the other tour players said it was the most asinine thing they'd ever seen, or something to like that. Well, they they agreed that it was asinine. So oh, okay. Now he can just he can see just see back that. to the whole theme. Republicans, Democrats, seeing commonality, the rule was asinine. Can all get along, right? Can't we all just get along? Can't we all just get along? So, so the, the the one, you know, they have a tendency to dogs, cats, <laughs> to, to tiptoe to rule changes sometimes, right? So. One of the local rule advisements they're making now is two things about scorecards. And I didn't even know this was a rule, but if if in a handicap tournament, you don't have to have your handicap on the scorecard, which I didn't even know was a thing. Um, but more importantly, now, it, if if they adopt a local rule, if you fail to sign or sign an incorrect scorecard, it's no longer a DQ. It's just a two-stroke penalty added to the last hole of that round. But that's not it's not a complete change. It's it's a, a recommended local rule that from what I read that they're gonna adopt it on tour. All right. Well, here let, let's lead into talking about as I brought up asinine. Christian, is there an asinine rule out there? We talked about things that should be changed. Like uh, last week we talked about the divots and all that, but is there an actual rule? No, even, in the, I, even in the new rule, uh, I hate the drop from your, at your knee. It's, it's silly to me. I don't know. Like for me, it's like, yeah, the dropping of the rule. I've always been a big advocate of like, you know what, if you hit it, you know, 
and you have to drop it, for example, you should just be able to place that ball, right? I don't think it really makes that. I mean, yes, it does make it somewhat of a difference, but it's just like you're dropping it shoulder width high or you're dropping it from your knees, right? I think that you could just place it, but obviously the divot for me is the biggest thing, right? You had a beautiful drive down the middle of the fairway and you don't get rewarded. In my opinion, you should be able to take that ball, put it a scorecard length from that divot, and able to proceed on with your shot, personally. I would say that would be the most asinine role for me. Boston, Bob. Go ahead, Bob. <laughs> well, I, you know, I think uh, years ago, people forget about how athletic golfers were because we used to yeah. drop it over our shoulder, and you had to drop it, spin the body, move quickly, be agile, have body control, so that you don't get the ball to hit you. <laughs> I mean... That was athletic achievement right there. Yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking of guys like Ed Fiore that come yeah. to mind for his athletic. Christian, did you even know that that was a thing? What did you that, used to drop? That, you, yeah, did you, you ever drop over your shoulder? Over your back shoulder. Oh, I never did that. Oh when, God! Well, I know you didn't do it. You weren't alive then, but <laughs> yeah. When I, when I was your age, we were dropping the ball over our back shoulder. I remember doing that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so do that now. It's a lot. It's a lot cooler to do that over your shoulder now than just dropping it from your knee. Personally, I would rather drop it over my shoulder. Christian's like, he's like, that shit sounds like a rotary phone. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds so much cooler, honestly. Man, that's retro. That's retro ball drop right there. Oh, yeah. yeah, the good old days. Missed that. <laughs> so Andy. High handicappers leads begs a question, a debate before we hit record. Yeah, I, here's here's I will pose this question to you guys. As I see all these posts about this world amateur golf championship that they have, I think at Myrtle Beach or something like that. Um, we actually golf talk live has always been a huge quarterback in the Tony Leodora when he was and he actually Tony continues to play in it. And we hugely are supportive of the Myrtle beach world golf amateur. Right. Which is it, which is a great event, right? Right. The question is in general, if you are a player that consistently finishes high in net tournaments, are you a cheater? No. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you are. Do you think, you, Andy, what, what, what's your answer? I, I never heard your answer pre-show. I think absolutely you're a cheater because... Oh, come on. Let, would you let me make my point? <laughs> sorry, sorry. It's, it's, the, it's the political... It's, yes. It's the, political, it's the political it's the political discord let the man of today. speak mr friendly guy over there <laughs> i think he just muted you oh so, my goodness so i'd rather f satan <laughs> <laughs> so the handicap system is made for everybody to be equitable right equitable uh, equitable that's what that's what it's there for so if you continually are performing below your handicap, then you are not really working the system or, or playing the system the way it's meant to be played. Because ultimately, you should be above your handicap and below your handicap just as often. That means you are a legitimate handicapped player. Right. So if you're always scoring below your handicap, then you're manipulating your handicap. So Andy, be, so, uh, yeah, the press release for Golf Talk Live starting the World Am Live Tour yes. is coming out tomorrow. So we don't want to break that news, but <laughs> uh, I do feel strong. I have some big, keeping in the political theme, I have some big news on November 15th in Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do feel strongly both ways as far as I've seen some people that are legit handicaps, but like anybody in life, they, they struggle in tournament play and they just, 
you know, the old phrase, they cannot get it in the hole. And, you know, I've half joked with some people saying, give me an 18 handicapper that is calm on the golf course and thrives on his competition and can get it in the hole and is going to make some triples. But um, I do agree that, that you can manipulate the system. Um, my thing was just, it, it was a, I guess, before the show, just thinking it through. Um, I have seen some players that do thrive in a competition and they do better for their handicap rather than just a ho-hum brown. Um, but in general, yeah, there you got to be careful of those people that it always struck me too, that you meet half the guys out there. And I say guys, cause ladies are so good. They don't, you know, women golfers don't mess with this, but uh, the guys will, you meet Joe Smith and he's uh, he, he, wouldn't you want to be proud of being an eight handicap yet? He wants to be a 15 and scam everybody. And then you meet the other guy, Steve, that God bless him. He, he should be having fun being a 12 and he, and he just wants, he thrives on being a single digit handicapper. And I just say, Steve, please enjoy life. There's yeah. no way you're single digit. <laughs> exactly. And the, like the, other, the other thing that I'll just add to this, to this debate is that I think, you know, the, the handicap works in cycles, right? So generally speaking, golfers get a, a rush of good play and a rush of bad play, a rush of good play and a rush of bad play. So, you know, there is a time before the handicap actually changes. If a person's playing really well, they might, you know, consistently shoot good net scores, but the handicap will adjust for that good stretch of play and no longer will they be shooting those good scores. They'll be more equitable in their handicap. And then the flip side happens when they start playing poorly and their handicap's too low, they start shooting really high. But, and, and I see that with my buddies at the club. You know, my buddy Bob just came back from, from Michigan and he was winning the game every weekend. But you know what? Two weeks later, it evens out. His handicap dropped and he's, not as hot as he was before and now he's donating every weekend and it's like that's the way the handicap system is designed to be worked and if anybody's consistently beating it then they're manipulating christian are they cheaters i you know andy's point andy does make a good point you know because like obviously whenever you play golf and you're playing against it i mean i'm looking at it from my perspective right i'm a 1.7 so like i'm looking at it from me by saying I'm looking at it for me by saying if I'm playing against somebody who's say a 12, right, um, and, and they're and they're shooting mid 70s, but I have to give them whatever, however many strokes, well, I'm screwed, right? So it's like, yeah, I, Andy does have a point because I know I know a handful of golfers at my club that will shoot 80, for example, on a Saturday, but post 77, right? Or they'll post 87 or they'll post 85 or something higher than what they're normally or lower than, you know, and they're I'm, not posting the exact same score, and which I'm gonna, is so aggravating and frustrating. And I'm going to go with Boston Bob on this one and say, I know guys, in fact, yesterday we had a little staff thing. We got one dude. He just performs well in those situations. Dude's like a 10, 9, 10 handicap, throwing up three birdies in nine holes. And like could be... Like, Inconveniently topped one on number six into the get go, but I mean, like there, like there's a guy at our course that you know he's a very reputable guy, he's very likable, all that stuff, and he's listed as a 15. But this guy can shoot 73, 74 on a good day. Exactly. Come on, right? So when he he again, he's listed as a 15. I think it's like a 15, whatever. Is I cried bullshit. Something bullshit. So. You know, that's don't be that guy, first off, right? But second off, it's like one, post your scores. Two, you gotta be you gotta be honest because if you're not honest, then people don't want to play with you. Right. And thirdly, there's other guys that are course too, right? That will they think that like because they're such a high handicap, like a twenty to twenty-five handicap, for example, that like, you know, if they get two blows on a hole, right? So they get it they really get a double, but they're gonna they're gonna post the par. And they're in there when they, when they go post the scores that also fluctuates the handicap too. And it's just like, you're really not a 17. You're more like a, a 26 or whatever. 
Bobby, have you ever seen? I mean, come on, a fifteen. I could, I could, Christian. I, I don't just. I sure it's probably the case, but a fifteen shooting 73, 74, an eight maybe, a yeah. nine maybe gets hot career kind of thing. But He's the 15... biggest sandbagger. All right. He's yeah, the biggest know. sandbagger at the club. He wanted to play me one-on-one. He wanted to have a three-way match, right? It was the assistant pro against him in one match, and then it was me and him in the other match. He would play from the white tees. I'd play from the blacks, and the assistant pro plays from the blues. Now, the blacks are the tips. I had to give him 15 shots from the black tees. He, the assistant had to give him 13. Yeah, no thanks. This dude's a 15. No I'm thanks. like, I look at him, I go, are you high? Because that's not <laughs> fair. Like, that's not fair at all. I could go out and shoot even par, and I would still get wiped because he has to shoot 85 or higher, which but is not going to happen. For people who are honest, your handicap is chasing you around two weeks behind you, right? Oh, yeah. So if, if the 15 does shoot 73, I guarantee you that one score, that one score. Drops in three points. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the people who are honest about it, they're two weeks ahead of their of their handicap the whole time. Yeah. Hey, Chris, the only way you might have a chance is bringing that guy to Beth Page Black. <laughs> exactly. You can't do it. You know. Yeah, you can't on the course that he's comfortable on. You get him on a course that he's uncomfortable, he his game won't, won't like your game will. You know, screw uh, screw Beth Page. I should just take him to Eagle Ridge. You know, yeah. show up two minutes before my tea time. Now yeah. I can use my clubs and I'd still kick his ass. All right. Yeah. Come on now. Let's exactly. go. Exactly. <laughs> I topped the shit out of my drive on the first hole at seven. What, what time did we tee off? Nine o'clock in the morning. Well, it's because you were hungover. Hungover. Top the ball, top. It was like a, I, I, I'm shocked I didn't scrape your driver. That's how. That's how crazy it was. <laughs> yep. All right. So we've. Do, what's our conclusion? High handicappers consistently are likely cheaters, but there is an, sometimes an exception. That is not my conclusion whatsoever. I think people who shoot low net scores consistently are cheaters, not high handicappers. I agree with the Andy, but who you know, there must be something in the air tonight because who would have thought Andy and I agreeing on one thing? Right, Bob. You know what I mean? Going on. Usually, Andy and I are like the Republican Democratic Party, where we're always disagreeing with one with one another, where we can't. But like physically agree on one thing. Well, he does have thunk? a red hat, and you do have on a blue shirt today. I'm just saying. Who would have thunk today? Uh, not me. Not I. Not I wouldn't have thought at all. Not me. <laughs> I wake up every morning and I'm trying to figure out how I can disagree with Andy in the day, but not today. <laughs> not today. You know, it's usually today is easy, the day. Right? It's usually not a problem whatsoever. <laughs> Greg Norman, who? I can't yeah. see him. Where'd he go? <laughs> the CEO of what? What of what tour? I I have no idea. Oh well, let's talk about tours. Let's talk about the golf talk live version moment. World amateur update of the week. Yep, the golf talk live update of the week. <laughs> A new feature as brought to you this week by Greg Norman. All well, right, Andy, what's the latest rumor? Well, the new rumor is. And, and I read this on, I wish I remembered the, the source. It was called like live updates or whatever, something that had live in the name of it. But the the rumor is that they've signed uh, Xander Shoffley and Patrick Cantley, um, which I would be, I would be disappointed if that were the case. Okay. I heard he was looking for seven new seven more players. That was his that was the the big edict that came down. Seven more Mito, Mito Pereira was in the in the uh in the rumor as well. And I kind of get that one because he and Neiman are buddies. And uh yeah, I could understand that one. 
I could totally understand that, but but Shoffley and and Cantlay, that makes no sense to me. What do you say? What say you, Boston Bob? I can almost see Shoffley a little bit more than Cantlay, but I think they're buddies and I think their wives are friends, and so I can see that being a tandem. Yeah, but I still see those guys chasing majors. Uh, yeah, especially after and, and those guys, and those guys are those guys chasing majors are not going to be. They're, they're going. They're going to be the um, Abraham answers because they don't have access to the majors. Who's that? Huh? Who's that? Both of those guys. No, who'd you compare him to? Abraham Answer. I haven't heard that name in like a year. <laughs> why, why are you effing with me? Do you know the day I've do you know the day I've had? <laughs> Feet are sore, my back is sore. I had somebody I've been verbally abused all day today. No, in all in all seriousness, when's the last time you heard his name mentioned? I, when he signed to, with Liv. Right. Exactly. I, I, I I've heard Pat Perez. Gun. I've heard Pat Perez's name more than I've heard his name. Of course, because you know he made oh. bucks with a mullet with a stroke average of seventy-seven point four. Oh, I need my so, mullet. Where's my? Mullet? But the winds, but, the winds are picking up down here in Florida now. Yeah, that that's that's kind of going to threaten you over there, isn't it, Bobby? We may get a direct hit. Yeah, it's coming right at us. Yeah. So it's probably a three club win the next couple of days. Hit the knockdown. <laughs> hey, I know. How, good thing I know how to hit those. I know I taught Alan in the past, but he doesn't listen. Stinger. To first tee, first tee at Eagle Trace, right, Christian? Yes, sir. You better believe it. That's a knockdown. All right. Well, I don't know. Like honestly, who gives a shit who goes to live anymore? Like if it's shot yes, play, if it's I agree. Play, I don't care. At that, right. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, let, let Rory Mac. Oh, Jesus Christ. Could you imagine Rory ever going to live? <laughs> I think I'd be in a coffin before that happened. Holy crap. <laughs> I think I'd see everything in life. That, Rory that is, went over to live. That is for sure. Somebody, somebody wow. posted this week on social media that Rory was going. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I mean, if there was one yeah. guy left on the PGA Tour, it'd be Rory. Yeah, <laughs> literally. Um, He'd have no cuts. He could play. <laughs> and number you one know, player in the world. And we have the don't be that guy, but you could be the, uh, you know, the don't be the old guy thinking, but. Don't be that guy. <laughs> um, you know, I'm just sitting here wondering. Oh, my, yeah. my don't be that guy. <laughs> No, no. Well, this was my thought that if the if the Cantleys and Shoffleys and some of these guys are now just thinking I can get the money and I'm comfortable for life, yeah. are they thinking like other sports, you know, sports player, whatever the league is, that are saying, let me take the big check. It's okay if I don't do if I don't win a Super Bowl, if I don't win the Stanley Cup, if I don't win the World Series. Yeah. You know, I just set my family up and my next generation. I mean, you know, I'm not gonna. I'm going to kill somebody for that. But years ago, the players had side jobs in the winter. The players were insurance agents and worked on the side on their off season because they had to sustain their family. And, you know, winning that world series, that Stanley cup was a big thing. I don't know. It could be just different, different mindset these days. Yeah. Except, except Pat Perez has made $29 million on the PGA tour. Ridiculous. On the PGA tour, not live. On the PGA Tour, so he's he's a, a mediocre at best player, and he's made thirty million bucks. So, I mean, my violin's out for those guys. You know, it's just, <laughs> I I don't I don't see that as if that's not enough for you to live your life as comfortably as you possibly can, then LIV, yeah. Live your life. <laughs> you know, if there was a live mini tour, I'd apply. I could use that twenty million bucks in my pocket. You know, if there was a live senior amateur tour, I'd be all over it. Who, sa- who says you're going to the senior tour? Not, not me, Alan. Yes, but not you. 
<laughs> not Boston Bob. Boston Bob's down with, with us. Alan's not old enough yet. No, he's I'm not. not uh, I'm so young. <laughs> I'm going to carry for Christian. Alan's three years into his uh, his senior act action. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I'm curious to see, genuinely curious to see who the the seven players are. Again, I can see a Patrick. There's Cantley. no seven players. I think you're, there is. You're, you're believing fake news. Hey, there's hey, no seven hey players. Now. Hey, now you never know with Greg Norman. Okay, there's no if seven. There's, one there's thing... no seven players. He put it out there. He says he may say I'm in the market for seven players, just to make keep keep golf talk live. Excuse me, live out in front of everybody. For another week. Hey, all I know is that you cannot bet against Greg Norman unless he's coming down the stretch in a major. Then you bet against him. That's that's all I know. <laughs> the dude, the dude's not good at closing. So, oh, here it is. We'll see. The uh, the source for the rumor was Live Golf Insider. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Andy, you should put my name on there. The newest, latest golfer, Christian. Christian, he'll say it. Nizimus <laughs> is the latest signee of of Live Golf. You know, signs for you know 140 million. The old if Live only. Golf Insider. If only, but you know, there was Brendan. Brendan Elliott's the insider. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, sorry, he's the insider. <laughs> He's the one with the contacts. Well, you know, I was hanging out with Jack Nicholas for like two and a half hours just uh, relaxing. <laughs> His buddies <laughs> work for Liv. I know a guy. Bobby's buddies work for Liv. They do. They do. They're good guys. Yeah, we have lots of open guest spots coming up. <laughs> they're, 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 they're under a gag order, though, I'm sure. Oh, no, no question. If I ever made it on Live, I'd have you guys caddy for me. I'd have the best support team in, in all of Live Golf. I'd make more money than DJ. <laughs> what did he even make again? Thirty-five million. Yeah, chunk change. That's twenty bucks for me for so. like six weeks. For like six weeks of work. He's just starting. Ah, uh, yeah, whatever. Happy for him. Obviously, he doesn't what? need it. Happy but, for him. But again, but, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna make the point. Other than talking about the insane amount of money that they make, what do they got? What do they bring to the table? Not nada. They bring nothing to the table. Nada. Because you look again, the biggest name in live. We've been saying it since this whole thing has started. Is Cam Smith by far? Is Cam Smith? There is not a single person on the PGA or any tour that when he's hot can beat him. He's the best putter on tour. He's the best putter in the world, period. When he gets it hot, look at St. Andrews, what he just did. You can't touch the guy, all right? But you have the Phil of the world. You have the DJ, the Brookses of the world. They don't give two shits about the majors. All they care about is what they can put in their pocket. And that's exactly what they're doing. They're living their best life. Everybody looks at it differently, obviously. Like if they want, if all they care about is money, then so be it. At the oh, end of the day, it, that's that's what it comes down to. It comes down to yeah. What's what's your motivation? Is your motivation historical relevance or is it contemporary financial reward? Right. Oh, absolutely. I just wish that in the world we live in today, I wish these guys had the balls to actually come out and just say, "I went there for the money." Yeah. And that's where I agree with JT on that when that was his biggest issue when they first came out. They were saying that, you know, it's better for the game and whatever other BS they came out with. Just say you went there for the money. Don't you wonder whether they're like not even allowed to say that? Like they're under contract to to speak to the talking points of live. Hold I mean, on. It's pretty clear to me that they all say the same things. I mean, they all talk about how nervous they were at Doral. I mean, that's a joke. Yeah. I mean, like, like, okay, if if you were Jack, you know, kind of like all hyped up about Doral, I think that's awesome. But don't put a microphone in front of everybody and have them tell you just how nervous they were at Doral because that becomes disingenuous. 
Yep. I agree. I mean, they play beautiful golf courses for a living. They travel the world just like the PGA does. Obviously it's just, there's more money in their pocket at the end of the day. I just, I'm, I'm curious what happens as we've talked about moving forward, who, who signs them as far as the TV broadcasting deal goes. Does CBS do it? Does NBC do it? Does somebody like a TNT do it? No, I think they signed. They they paid Fox. Yeah. Did they really? Yeah, they did. Okay, yeah. I didn't know that. All right. Well, well the, P, the PGA Tour got their huge influx of money this year from a new TV deal that made them revenue. Live is paying somebody to broadcast that. <laughs> and then had the audacity to go, well, we have our TV deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you paid for it. Yep, you do. All right, Bobby, watch this. Watch how I'm going to do this. We want to talk about growing the game, and we want to talk about money. Then we need to talk about something because I want to give a pitch right now. Our fifth colleague, not on, not on our air tonight, feeling a little under the weather. He has a 100 hole golf marathon coming up. I'm talking about Coach Brendan Elliott. Yep. We need to give a shout out because if you're listening to the podcast, time is of the essence. We need you to hop on to littlelinksters.com and help support this. It's like a walkathon. You've sure you saw it at your local course. You sponsor any kind of amount of money you can do, dollars, pennies, dimes, I, I think, whatever. And there it's a putt putt golfathon, though, right? I believe the way Brendan was explaining it to me. Yeah, you can believe whatever you want. Okay, and and I will. Um, but the bottom line is, they are recognized national five hundred one c three. We are all actually board members on there as well. We need people to to, to help donate to this because it is a extremely worthwhile cause because they truly, and we are truly, growing the game through little linksters. Yeah, we should post post a link on our social as well. We are absolutely posting a link on social. It will be up there uh, probably even before the show goes live. So, got anything to add to that, Mr. Uh, Baldessari? I think you were so eloquent. I don't want to. I don't want to mess that up. It was excellent. No, we're good. Please help, <laughs> Andy. <laughs> I was hoping more more out of Bob right there. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Again, I'm I was pausing. Bob. I was pausing to take a drink of water. Rob's like, uh, "No, you're good. <laughs> you're good. You're all in one. You're you're done with that drink of water. <laughs> I, I didn't even get the drink of water. No, I mean, look, I mean, at the at the end of the day, we all love this game, and we do. A lot of different things around the game. We play it. We work in it. Um, and and Brendan is one of those guys. And his little Linksters group is one of those parts of the industry that truly is good for the health of golf. So, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a if you love the game and you, you want to see the health of the game of golf continue to to thrive, then it's a great place to put a few of your dollars. You know what? I, you're absolutely correct. I, I, I'm just, I'm going to, I'm going to try to be eloquent again, Mr. Baldessari. Um, I've done a lot in the game. I've, I've, I've played not as well as I'd like to. I've done stuff with golf courses. I've helped golf courses. Getting to know Brennan. Okay. Sentimental moment here. Getting to know Brennan and him asking me if I wanted to serve on the board this year with little linksters is one of the proudest moments that I have in the game because I know that I'm truly giving something back in whatever capacity, whatever way I can help, you know, kids get better and enjoy this. What's given us all so much Christian, not as long because he's just a baby. Baby Christian can almost be in a little linkster. (laughs) (laughs) He's our little linkster. (laughs) Is that a shot of his cadet small gloves? Not at all. <laughs> we do not mess with Chris. All right, Andy, you have a classic 
almost a uh, green jacket worthy. Don't be that guy. <laughs> yes, this is the the ultimate example of don't be that guy. Um, Masters champion and U.S. Open at Oakmont champion, Angel Cabrera. Um, you know he's been in jail for for domestic abuse, um, serving a two-year sentence, and he just got another bunch of months added on to his sentence because he got convicted of of a second case of of abuse. Um, so it's kind of sad, you know. He came. He came from a really poor family in Argentina, and and uh, you know he clearly has some some issues. But you know, <laughs> definitely don't be that guy. And uh, you know, with with some some bit of of sobriety, I would say that it's it's too bad. Agreed. Um. Some passings actually this week. Uh to pass along, passings, pass along. Boston Bob, before we go to our final thoughts. Yeah, uh it's sad to hear about Dow Finster Wall passing away. Um former was, major former major champion. Yeah, well, he won the PJ championship in 1958, which was the first year it went to the stroke play after being match play. Uh, but Don won 11 tour titles. He was a contemporary of Arnold Palmer. They're very close, good friends. Um, he played in four Ryder Cups, served as the 1977 U.S. Ryder Cup as the dogs go crazy. <laughs> as the storm approaches. Um, we let the dogs out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I had the privilege of uh, meeting Don, spending time with him uh, at PGA Village when I was there. And um, we used to do a junior Ryder Cup. Uh, years ago, and Billy Casper and Dow were the Ryder Cup captains that came in, and we kind of got a lot of pushback from certain people in the uh, association that, why are you bringing in Dow and Billy Casper for these junior Ryder Cup kids that are 14, 15, 16, 17 years old, and I'm telling you, I will never forget how they connected with these kids, really connected. Uh, Dow and Billy had to leave at five in the morning from the Hilton Garden Inn at PG the last day that lobby was filled with kids at 5 a.m the kids don't get up at 5 a.m unless somebody means something to them so i mean just i'll never forget how kind that was uh and in the museum of golf it's no longer there but the pga museum of golf we had a, a scorecard there from dow from like the 19 oh my god 1950 something ohio open or whatever and he shot 60 as an amateur and I said, Dow, how in the world did you shoot 60 with clubs then and this and that? And I don't remember the particulars. I just remember, you know, those moments around the guy and, um, you know, just one of the unforgotten, well, probably didn't get his due. He played at the height of Arnie and, and through those, some of those great, but, um, what a special guy. Sad to see him pass away. And Christian, you, you, you wanted to throw another one out there. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's, it's unfortunate, but, uh, you know, Bryson, uh, DeChambeau's dad passed away, um, you know, recently. So what, what I think of him obviously on the golf course is one thing, but off, off the golf course is something completely different. I mean, to lose a loved one, to lose somebody that you look up to and adore your entire life. I couldn't even imagine what he's going through. So obviously thoughts and prayers and shout out, so shout our, out to Bryson. Yeah. Uh, all of our thoughts and prayers you know, and our, and our condolences are, are going towards Bryson and his family right now during his, uh, this difficult time. So. 18th green, Andy Hydorn, final thought. I know we promised this last week for this week, but I can promise you for sure that next week we will have Michael Jacobs on the incredible 3d golf biomechanicals instructor for Patrick Harrington, and uh, he's coming on the show next week. And I personally am really excited to to talk to Michael and and uh, just ask him some really cool questions about how he's done what he's done with Patrick. I'm jacked up as well, and it sounds like I'll gladly I'll pay you tomorrow for a hamburger today kind of scenario. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to jump in because I know Christian will steal it from me. 
folks, let, big news here. We there, we're involved in a couple of rankings for podcasts, and we we keep saying this all the time. We appreciate your your comments, your listenership, and and following us on, on social, especially uh, Twitter and Facebook and uh, Instagram is where we're we're heaviest. Uh, we are climbing. I mean, we're rapidly climbing the uh, the ranking charts on some of these, and it's because of you. So please, please, please give us a listen, give us a share, follow us, subscribe, Facebook, share us with your other golfing friends. We would greatly appreciate it. Throw commentary over, throw comments over. Tell me that it's just sick that Christian, you know, has a 1.7 handicap. I mean, I, I'd be, I'd, I'd find it funny. Bob, no, we'll give, give free golf lessons to viewers, listeners. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Bobby, what you got? Uh, well, it's an exciting night tonight in the house. We have three assistant golf pros in my house with my son and his two friends. So it's getting crazy. Uh, they didn't get into their apartment. There was some issues. So uh, we might have our PGA Cracker Barrel going on tonight here. <laughs> well, best of luck with this storm. Yeah, hopefully it uh, stays a little north of us or we're going to get hammered. And, and Christian, the prettiest one for last. <laughs> yes, thanks, Alan. First off, Bob, stay safe. And hopefully you guys are, you know, going to avoid the storm at all costs. Um, you know, I'm here to stay now. My schedule is now wide open, so I'm going to be here moving forward. I know, round of applause. Thank you very much. And uh, Alan stole all my thunder, obviously, when it comes to following us on social media and stuff. So, Really, the only closing thought that I had was uh, just, uh, you know, shout out to the only undefeated team in the NFL, baby. <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles, the Super Bowl champs. Let's the go. Eagles. The Eagles. Eagles. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be there Monday night, the 14th. I know. There's, you may have another podcast down there. If I can make that work, Alan, I'm I'm taking days off of work, and I'm coming down there to support my boy Jalen. MVP of the league. L E S S Eagles. Yeah, he's gonna MVP of the league, Jalen Hurts. So I'm changing it up here, Christian. Instead of our normal closing, I'm going to simply say, in the words of a candidate for Senate here in Pennsylvania, when asked about his opening remark for their debate. Good night. Thank you. Bermans. <laughs> Best NHL team. You only have one opportunity to sell your golf property. Shouldn't you partner with an expert that offers you 30 plus years of golf industry experience combined with the reach of a global leader in real estate? Collier's International Golf Brokerage and Advisory Services understands your unique business needs. Whether it is brokerage, management, and consulting, be reassured that the market leader in the business of golf is providing you the real answers and practical solutions you deserve. Contact Golf Talk Live co-host and Collier's Golf Advisory Services member, Alan Depew today at 717-554-8519. That's 717-554-8519.